When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Later in the program, a progress report on applications for the Acres Scheme. A call for prompt payment of the new TB compensation income. Ploughing reports and a mock report. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlugue, has announced he is introducing regulations under the Animal Health and Welfare Act 2013 requiring flock keepers to confine all poultry and captive birds in their possession or under their control in a secure building to which wild birds or other animals do not have access. The regulations entitled Avian Influenza Bracketed Precautionary Confinement of Birds Regulations 2022 are being introduced as a precautionary measure from 7th of November 2022. Maps outlining lands in scope for the Residential Zoned Land Tax, RZLT, are available in local authority offices and websites since November 1st. IFA National Rural Development Committee Chairman Mr Michael Biggins has called on the Minister for Agriculture to clarify if dribble bars are to be included on the list of investment items in the next uh, TAM's Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme. Following on from September's announcements around Budget 2023, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McCullough, has launched the €30 million Euro 2023 Fodder Support Scheme. The 2023 scheme is a continuance of the 2022 Fodder Support Scheme and aims to incentivise farmers, in particular dry stock farmers, to grow more fodder, silage and or hay in 2023 to ensure Ireland does not have any animal welfare issues next year 23. Only successful applications for the 2022 Fodder Support Scheme are eligible to apply for the 2023 scheme. More on this later in the programme. Congratulations to the winner of the Paddy Fitzgerald Award for 2022. The winner of the award is Mr Neil O'Leary from Intergown, Camola in Bantry, County Cork. Nominated by the West Cork County Executive, Neil O'Leary has been involved in the IFA for nearly 50 years. He sits on the National Hill Committee, which he chaired in the mid-2000s. Mr Neil O'Leary is also involved in numerous community initiatives in the area. He said it was a huge honour to win the award, and he dedicated it to his family and to the local community. IFA President Mr Tim Conlon said the Paddy Fitzgerald Awards represent the spirit of volunteerism and the selfless dedication of people 
to the betterment of their communities. EU Commissioner Ms. Mairead McGuinness was the guest of honour at the presentation event and she praised the calibre of those who had been put forward. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Dermot Kelleher, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President. Dermot, you are urging farmers to apply in good time for the eco scheme measures coming under the next cap. There are eight measures qualifying for payment, and there's good time now to apply for this. And of course, we know there's a log jam as regards acres, but you're saying the eco scheme. This is a scheme well worth applying for in good time, coming under the next cap, the eco-scheme. Full details on agfood.ie. And the most, the most important thing is to get people to make sure they qualify for the eco-scheme, which is 25% of their single-farm payment. Every person's single-farm payment is going to be cut by 25%, and to qualify to get, get that back, you must qualify for a thing they call the eco-scheme. So the eco-scheme will work out roughly 70, 75 euro a hectare. There's a couple of very important points to John. It's not actually tied to an entitlement to a hectare or such. So if you were claiming 30 hectares, single found payment, you had maybe 34 or 5 hectares, you will lose your 25%, but you'll get the 75 on all your hectares, whether there was an entitlement on them or not. To qualify for them... To get your, to the set of the cleaning, top off, to get your eco scheme, you must qualify 4% space for nature, which is the ground that probably was taking off us long ago. It's fences, drains, that's not not being used as animal ground. Is it part of this uh, rewilding, rewetting of bogs, etc., of uh, land that has no, been drained? No, John, it's not actually, John, it's, it's um, we'll say, if, they were taking land off us before as, in, as ineligible. Now they're going the other way and they want to pay us for ineligible land. If you haven't the 4% to qualify, we'll have to set trees. There's about different actions you can do to qualify. Now what I'm saying to you, John, is most joystock farmers that have all fields will qualify because that will make up your 10%. You need to qualify 4%. If you get a 7%, this classes one action. If you get a 10%, that's your two actions. You're qualified. Your soul's over. You'll get your, all your single pound payment. If you, if you, for some reason, don't qualify, there are different actions you can set. Three trees have hectare per year. You can set the hedges, the meter hedge per hectare per year. There are different actions. And if you were to set six trees, it would be covered as two actions. No, all that is very important. And if, but if you get into your agfood.ie, you can actually see every farm now has been mapped. And your space for nature is there if you want to, to find it. Most of the people I deal with have taught me now that they're actually qualifying. They're, they're over the 10%. Then you go to the acre scheme. It depends on your farm, the size of your farm and so on, there's a lot of different actions. There is low input pasture and there's wild board cover and there's all these type of actions. It may some farmers, it may not suit other farmers. They're closing it down very soon, John. You need to be, you need to be happy working with your planner really before now to get into the acre scheme. There will be a second charge for next year. 
to get into the acres, you need to be in what they call Tier 1. There's Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. People in Tier 3 probably won't get in. There'll be a priority for Tier 1. The only bit of advice I can give to anybody if you're in Tier 3 and you're really interested in getting into the acres game, if you join something like the Dexter Cattle Association, or what these were rare breeds, and you, you're willing to buy one cow and have a calf within the five years, that will put you from tier three up to tier one. <laughs> then there's other things. Um, if you were in, you know, there's a map, when you plan or have access to this map, you can be qualified for the geese and swans, you can qualify for different things, but is whether the swan, the Lanzaro you know, Parliament or not, is actually relevant, it's whether you're in the map. Could you please uh, tell our listeners how they can find out what exactly the eco scheme is and how they qualify and uh, reference. Yeah, if you're, I know, John, that's not easy. If you're into computers, every, and you have your numbers, you can get into your agfood.ie and it will give you the map, it will give you your space for nature, it will give you everything. If you can't do it yourself, you get onto your planner or get one of your family that's good at computers. You can get into this ifo.ie and put in your hair number and it'll show you your map and your space for nature. It's not that hard to qualify because they're allowing fences 10 meters in width. They're allowing drains, drains 10 meters in width, whether they're 10 meters or not, that is what they're allowing. So if you have a thousand meters of hedge, they allow you 10 meters wide, that, that's just, that's a hectare. It's not that hard to qualify. If you have to set is that you, you can set little whips. You don't have to set big trees, big money. And you can set a bunch of little whips in your corners and places. It's not that a big job to set a bunch of trees to get you in to qualify for the ecosystem. But I would really tell people, make sure you qualify for the ecosystem first before you worry about ideas. Go to a consultant or a planner and do whatever actions you need to qualify for the ecosystem. Relatively straightforward. Check out agfood.ie and the eco scheme. Well, Dermot, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Dermot Kelleher, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, national president based in West Cork. That's correct, John. That is quite so. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Des Morrison, chairperson of the Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association, I seem to say, Livestock Committee Chairman. First of all, Des, welcome to the programme. Now, the whole issue, the vexed question of TB compensation, you want to see new increased TB compensation rates to be applied immediately and no further delay. Yes, indeed, because the TB forum now has the these increased rates at a very end stage and it's important that the herd owners who was restricted with TB uh, receive these rates immediately to, I suppose, alleviate the burden and the financial burden that they're placed under when their herds are restricted with TB. And of course what we must always bear in mind is farmers pay a pretty hefty regular TB levy and you're only getting your own money back. Well, that's true because um, there's a milk levy and there's a, a slaughter levy uh, on animals. And I suppose the, the milk levy is point oh six at the moment and the slaughter levy is um, about 127 ahead at the moment. Now, these are uh, if and when 
the additional DPOP grants money and the income supplement money and hardship money increases, these levies will increase slightly as well to compensate for that, which would mean their mid levy would go to 0.07 cent a litre and your slaughter levy would go to um, 140 ahead. But export levy as well. And of course, to make it perfectly clear, you do welcome, you welcome the increased uh, TB composition figures, but the crucial thing is you want this applied immediately and not perhaps next January. You want this applied now to try and off-balance in some way the ever-increasing costs of inputs, etc. That's true, because the financial hardship that our donors have put on when they're restricted with TB is huge. And I suppose nobody knows that until they're actually restricted themselves. And uh, your financial income can be cut off uh, immediately with no planning in advance or anything. So it's important that these people are kept in business and keep the system operating as normal as much as is possible when restricted with TB. Now, Des, probably I would imagine long before your day, back in the 50s, when we began to fight uh, TB, bovine TB, it's been a struggle. We've had ERAD and there's often uh, talks of uh, final eradication of TB, but the target date now, the new revised target date of 2030, realistically, do you think we are taking the correct steps or can you point to some aspects of our current uh, campaign, which, you know, wouldn't uh, bode very well for fulfilling that TB eradication date of 2030? Well, I suppose we have to start with, we're at about 60 years or thereabouts, so if we don't change the in-game strategy, I think we won't be going anywhere uh, with the, in relation to the control of it. But the first thing in, you want to look at in control of any disease is the source of infection. And that has to be eliminated or controlled to such an extent that it avoids the spread of the disease. And that's not for TB alone, it's for every disease. Now, I'm not uh, any degree in science or anything, but there is a change of plan with it at the moment because there's more traceability, more science, more genotype testing. All that's going on at the moment. But the biggest single issue is to control the, the source of infection, getting to the cattle. And that, that is a major, that will be a major hurdle to jump. But we can jump that, I think we're well in our way. Now, I think when we talk about wildlife, I would imagine generally people are speaking about uh, badgers and deer. Now, there are moves to vaccinate as many badgers as possible and to bring in an effective, tightly controlled deer cull system or a deer cull campaign because right around the country it would appear there's been an explosion of deer numbers but vaccination for badgers tight control of deer and in that way we might be able to get nearer to the golden date of TB eradication bovine TB eradication by 2030 so the wildlife question I would imagine you have uh, strong views on that well, I suppose to this year, roughly about 6,500 vaccinated for TB. And also there is a deer management forum being set up, a management commission being set up under the chairmanship of Teddy Cashman. So I'm not going to, I suppose, interfere 
their work, but only to work them well. But uh, some control program, and uh, this control program will have to be put in place uh, to, I suppose, control the spread of TB either by badness and, and deer. For the purposes of our conversation, to summarise, speaking to Mr Des Morrison, Chairperson of the ICMSA Life Secretary, to summarise our conversation, you really want the recently agreed TB compensation rates, the increased TB compensation rates, to be applied immediately and not early next year? Yes, ICMSA will be looking for that for the TB forum to apply immediately. Thank you very much indeed for your valuable time, Mr. Des Morrison, Chairperson of the ICMSA Live Soccer Committee. Thank you, Des, very much indeed. Thanks a million. You're welcome, Jeff. Joining us on the farm programme, we have Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. First of all, Caroline, welcome to the programme. Now you have an update on ploughing matters from Cork West. I do, John, and thank you very much. Clannacilty Ploughing Association held their annual ploughing match last Sunday, the 30th of October on the lands of the Toomey family list land, Lanakilty. Results are as follows. Senior conventional, first, Kieran Coakley, second, Jim Grace, third, Dennis Dunn, fourth, Ger Kirby. Under 28 conventional, first, Eden O'Donovan, second, Niall O'Driscoll. Intermediate conventional, first, Stanley Dean, second, Johnny O'Donovan, third, David Walsh. Under 21 conventional, first, Jeff Witcherly, second, Noel Nine. And in the Farmerette, we had one competitor, Katie Hayes. The Mockra, first, James Jennings, second, Andrew O'Donovan, third, Keane Harrington. The Three Fire Conventional, first, Matthew Coakley, second, Kevin O'Driscoll, third, Cyril Maguire. The Senior Reversible, first, Ger Coakley, second, Michael Witcherly, Third, Liam O'Driscoll. Under 28 reversible, first, Conor O'Farrell. Second, Flor Whitchley. The three fire reversible, one competitor, Tim Lawler. The senior hydraulic vintage, first, Dennis Commons. Second, Thomas Busang. Third, Michael Ryan. Fourth, Ger Collins. Fifth, John O'Neill. Sixth, Phelan Cotter. Seventh, Leslie Wolfe. The Hydraulic Confined, Sean McCarthy. The Trailer, John Wolf, And the Single Borough, Gordon Jennings. Now, the next match to be held, weather permitting, is Carmore on Sunday the 13th of November. This match will be held on the lands of Stephen Tobin, Artfield, Clannacilty. Now, there will be more details regarding this match nearer the time. Thank you very much indeed, Ms. Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Thank you, John. Joining us on the Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. First of all, Philip, welcome to the programme. Now, as regards uh, ploughing, I think you have uh, some details and updates regarding ploughing in Cork East. Thanks very much, John. That's correct. We had a miss last Sunday. We had nothing on, so we're back again on track, hopefully. Weather permitting, our next outing is tomorrow, Sunday, the 6th of November, Ballyfield, Ballingarry. Ballyfield, on the lands of Paddy and Elizabeth Harrington, with their kind permission, and we're hoping to get going 11 a.m. sharp, and this site will be signposted from Carrigaline and Belgooley. So anybody interested in 
telling if they have any entries not done by now, try and get them in today before 12 noon Saturday the 5th. And into Paddy Harrington. Paddy's number is 87 That's 87 Up to 12 noon today, Saturday. And we hope to be going tomorrow, Sunday the 6th, weather permitting. If there's any change, we will be notified by uh, Saturday morning, hopefully. So that's it, John. All, all roads lead to Ballingarry, Ballyfield, on tomorrow, Sunday the 6th, on the lands of Perry ha- and Perry Harrington. And uh, we hope that we'll be able to plough if the weather is anywhere reasonable at all. So thanks very much, John. That's grand, Philip. A nice update there. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Thank you very much indeed, Philip. Thanks a million. My name is Laura and I'm bringing you the Carberry Mocker News. Last weekend, some members travelled to Tipperary for the National Conference and Rally, where members attended Farm Walks, National Agricultural Conference, raised money for charity and danced the night away. Well done to Barry Romacra, who competed in the Club of the Year final. Unfortunately, they were not victorious on the night, but it was a great achievement to get to the final, and you did yourselves and the region proud. Our Rural Youth Officer organised a breast cancer awareness talk, which took place on Thursday, the 3rd of November, in Banmaskerti Hall. Clubs have also been getting into the Halloween spirit by entering the Lep Scarecrow Festival and will be taking part in the Samhain 2022 Pucca Parade in Clonakilty this Sunday, the 6th of November. The Carberry round of both men's and ladies' five-a-side soccer competition will be held in Dunmanway Hall this Sunday, the 6th of November. Kilby and Mocker continue to run their jive and line dancing classes with Mark Bryan on Friday nights in Tots Bar Barley Gartine from 8 to 10 p.m. The cost is five euro for Mocker members and 10 euro for non-Mocker members and everyone is welcome. A date for the diary for all you truck and tractor enthusiasts. Barry Row Mocker will be having a charity tractor run on Sunday the 4th of December. More details to follow. So as you can see, Mocker has something for everyone. If you are aged between 17 and 35 and would like to join, please contact us through our Carberry Mocker social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and now on our brand new TikTok account. Thank you. And thank you, Laura, for that Mocker report. Miss Laura Woods, Radio Officer for Carberry Mocker and Affirma Branch. Joining us on the farm programme, we have Miss Anna Sexton, Business and Technology Dry Stock Advisor with Chagas Catcorne Skibberine. Anna, welcome to the programme. Regarding winter housing requirements, you've kindly agreed to give us an overview as we're now in November. Farmers' thoughts would be turning to winter housing and how best to manage their cattle. It's a costly time, of course, on farms, but weight gains over the winter can greatly impact livestock performance. Having a plan would be essential to make sure that housing is as stress-free as possible and that animal performance would be optimised over the winter months. So, our first important question, what do farmers need to consider regarding their housing facilities coming into the winter housing period for their cattle? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. 
wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, John, I suppose the weather has uh, changed there over the last number of weeks and housing is first and foremost on farmers' minds. So what we need to do is we need to assess the animal housing that's available on, on, to us on the farm. So adjustments can be simple modifications, maybe to the side of sheeting of a shed to allow extra air to circulate into the shed. Having well-ventilated sheds is extremely important, especially with outbreaks of pneumonia and and such like. So viruses and bacteria do not survive well in fresh air. So ensuring that good quality air in sheds reduces the likelihood of infections while maintaining minimum breath. Overcrowding of sheds can lead to a reduction in animal performance. High levels of moisture allow pathogens spread and survive, especially in the air and the, bed, the straw bedding in the sheds. So if straw bedded pins are gently sloped, it will reduce the amount of moisture in the bedded area of the shed. And I suppose there are guidelines, floor space um, requirements for, for different uh, categories of animals. The younger animals obviously require a, a smaller floor space between 0.9 and 1.1 metres squared. Uh, finishing cattle, which would be larger cattle, would need between 1.4 and 1.7 metres squared. And suckler cows with calves would probably need between 2.3 and 2.75 metres squared. So in, in order to maintain safety as well within the, within the shed, we would need to check that all the gates, uh, calving gates, feed barriers and electrics, um, yard lights um, and are working properly and ensuring that these are also fit for purpose within the shed. That sounds uh, fine altogether. Now, of course, when animals are moved around or in new situations, there can be stress. So can we point to some ways in which stress might be reduced at housing time for your animals? Well, I suppose, John, in relation to suckler uh, farmers, the housing period is seen as an ideal time to wean suckler cows from their calves. I suppose calves are more prone to disease as they have um, more immature immune systems and their their immunity is suppressed due to the stress of housing and weaning. It's best to wean the cows from their calves while outdoors and over a gradual period of time. And I suppose what assists with this is meal feeding the calves four weeks before weaning and two weeks after weaning, which um, suckler farmers would be getting uh, payment from from the Department of Agriculture uh, as part of the BEEP S weighing program um, that is currently available. 
So the use of a creep wire is, um, while the cattle are outside, is one way of breaking the bond between the cow and calf. Um, ensure that the calves can see and hear their dams um, so this minimises the stress and also any activities such as castration and debudding should definitely be avoided in the lead up to housing as these practices can also cause stress and also a change in diet I suppose um, you know can can lead to um, to stress in animals also. Now, turning to feed, of course, one of the problems about winter housing is the cost of feed. We can't rely on grass uh, too much. So how can farmers ensure that animals will be getting adequate feed over these winter months and the housing period? So I suppose there, John, we, the first thing we want to do is that ensure that stock have adequate space at the feed barrier within the sheds. So what we want to we want to keep um, more live weight gains uh, as possible for, from cattle over the winter. So we want to group the animals in accordance with their weight. Um, this will prevent competition at the feed phase between larger and light, larger animals and lighter animals. Um, significant gains are made where animals of a similar size and weight are grouped together. Um, and also, I suppose, just ensuring that. The pen size for cattle is um, adequate enough for the number of cattle that are in the pen. And I suppose uh, research has shown there that uh, there can be a drop in, in live weight gain when when pens are overcrowded. So in relation to cows, I suppose we want to separate first calves from older cows and produce bullying between the cows. Um, and I suppose where heifers are calving a two-year-old, um, it, it, it allows smaller cows or heifers get preferential treatment by separating those animals out from the larger animals. So we need about 600 millimetres or two, or two feet per animal at the feed phase um, minimum in order for them to have enough space to feed um, adequately. So in spring calving enterprises, dry cows should be grouped on a basis of body condition score, which allows intake to be monitored and to reduce the incidences of difficult calving. Um, cows should, uh, cattle should also have access to clean, fresh water within the shade over the winter months. We turn now to the type of feed you'll be using. How important would silage quality be? So I suppose over the last number of months, um, I, prior to the winter housing period, farmers would be taking what, uh, silage samples to assess silage quality um, on the farm. Um, I suppose uh, there are samples taken from each silage cut, and we want to work out... Uh, how much those animals that will be put into the shed, how much they're going to eat over the winter. So I suppose good soilage quality is the cornerstone of good animal performance and profitability in all beef systems. And the higher the DMD of the silage, and the less concentrates are needed to optimise performance um, over the winter housing period. So this is of significant importance due to the increase in concentrate feed costs. Um, so silages with a, with a DMD of less than 68 will not deliver adequate baseline growth uh, for livestock within the shed. Now, of course, making silage, making good quality silage, it does require a lot of effort and experience. But there would be, of course, a cost saving for very good quality silage. Now, could you evaluate in any way the cost benefits, the cost saving of giving good quality silage and then having to supplement less with additional uh, concentrate. So again, one of the benefits of taking trouble to produce good quality silage for your animals. 
what farmers uh, should be targeting would be a weight gain of a kilo a day for finishing cattle, um, which would equate to feeding seven kilos of concentrate with a 66 uh, dry matter digestibility silage. With a higher uh, DMD silage of maybe 74, you're obviously going to use less concentrate feeds uh, to get the same level of weight gain. So with the 74 DMD silage, we're talking about four kilos concentrate. So based on, I suppose, the costs have increased dramatically this year. Um, we've seen um, a huge increase in concentrate feed prices. So we're probably talking on average maybe a saving of 200 euros a head for a concentrate um, cost about 430 euros a ton over a 100-day finishing period. So it's a significant saving if, if the silage quality is good. Now, I suppose the cost of making silage has also increased, so that also has to be taken into account um, when working out the savings. So uh, the silage quality will determine the amount of concentrate feed fed um, to maximise performance. Um, and knowing the, DM, the dry matter content, the pH and the protein levels, which should be somewhere between 12 and 14 percent, and the DMD of the silage can help farmers make well-informed decisions regarding winter feeding. Can you outline best practice when it comes to silage testing from your experience and dealing with your many clients who would be aiming to produce top quality silage, but of course that requires the proper type of um, thorough testing, silage testing? Okay, John. Um, I suppose uh, samples should be taken earlier in the week um, to uh, avoid deterioration of the sample. If you sample a silage pit, use a long uh, core silage sampler to sample three to five well-spaced points at various areas on the surface of the pit. So I suppose what we want is a representative sample of all the, of all the silage within the sample. So uh, you take different sample cuts for first cut silage, second cut silage, if they're layered one on top of each other in the pit. Um, you discard the top 100 millimetres of each core before mixing the sample, which should weigh approximately 500 grams. And sample an open, or you can sample an open pit and take 10 samples in a W-shaped pattern across the pit face, ideally behind the outer surface of the pit. So if you want to sample bales, I suppose sample three to four bales per cut, um, obviously to get a representative sample of the actual cut. Um, tape up the sample holes to avoid spoilage or take some random hand samples throughout the bales when freshly opened. So take it from the centre of the bale. So put the sample in a Ziploc bag, expel the air, seal and post immediately to the laboratory. What animal health protocols are advisable prior to housing, Anna? We need parasitic control at housing time. So parasites are present at pasture. I suppose they live in the environment and they do not survive well in silage or in other forages. So when animals are housed, the risk of infection is low. So dosing weaning for lungworm using an ivermectin three weeks before housing helps to clean their lungs and allows them time to heal before housing. So you have a healthier animal entering the shed at housing time. Um, I suppose dosing uh, cattle to weight calculations ensures that there's the correct amount of doses used for each animal um, and that the, ensuring that the, the dosing gun is calibrated correctly. Uh, for worms, it's best to use products that target adult and the inhibited larvae of stomach worms um, to get to the early stages. And for lice, it's best to apply an externally applied product 
e.g. a poron, and to keep treated animals away from non-treated animals so that there isn't a, a transfer, and also to clip the back of the animals to get better exposure and to get better results when you're, um, when you're treating for life. So in relation to vaccination, I suppose we want to vaccinate prior to housing and our weaning. So vac- what vaccination does is it pr- protects the livestock from respiratory disease. Um, some viruses, such as IBR, can cause significant lung damage and reduce an animal's resistance to secondary infection. Um, if you vaccinate all cattle for bovine respiratory diseases at least two weeks before housing, this will give the vaccines time to work within those animals. Um, vaccinations can take anything from five days to six weeks to become effective, so it's important to plan the proposed housing and weaning date prior to vaccinating. And poor health can impact growth rates and efficiencies on farms, while also increasing feed costs, finishing times and reducing sale weights. You might be able to summarise your advice there. OK, so I suppose it's a good time to put a plan in place to keep stock healthy throughout the winter by minimising stress and ensuring they are offered good quality feed and appropriate vaccination and dosing programmes are in place. Do you want to make an announcement for our listeners? Taggart's in Corkwest are holding an organic information meeting on next Monday, the 7th of November at 11am until 1pm in the Maritime Hotel in Bantry, so all are welcome to attend. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Anna Sexton, Business and Technology Dry Stock Advisor, Coronet Skibreen, Office of Chagas. Thank you, Anna, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Joining us on the Farm Talk programme, Mr Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Darren, welcome to the programme. Now, we've heard an awful lot about the acre scheme. Some people feel it's too expensive to apply for. But on the other hand, some Chagas people say it's the only show in town, even though it might go against the grain for people to convert productive land into a natural environment. But at the same time, could you please give us an overview of where we are with the acres scheme? Yes, John. Uh, I think a lot of your listeners, the big thing that they'll be focused on at the moment is the tight timeline to apply, that the closing date as it stands is the 21st of November. And the department has laid out that there'll be 30,000 places available in, say, this tranche in 2022. There will be another tranche in 2023 with 20,000 more places. Darren, I understand you are at a meeting in Donegal which the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, addressed, and the whole issue of acres was discussed, and the Minister pointed out the problems where there was an overlap with the BPS scheme, and it was rather difficult to extend the deadline. But you might just recall the gist of Minister McConnell's remarks and how he would still try and pull something out of the hat regarding getting as many people as possible in, ideally, the current 30,000 allowed under this tranche. Yes, so he was he was put over from a few farmers on the floor. Was there not any opportunity to, to say, push out the closing date? Uh, what he said on that was that the later it's pushed out, that it has an impact on the scheme such as the BPS, that all of the land has to be mapped under acres. Uh, before the uh, maps can be released for the 2023 basic payment scheme or what will be known as BIS. So that's what he said was the logistical or, or as he said, the time constraint at the moment. But I'd say this, 
uh, going by the soundings of him was that he's keeping a very close eye on it. And what he did say, he said that he definitely wants to make sure that the 30,000 farmers are in this tranche. So I'd say if we're at a stage next week and that there is still a low application rate, that he will be looking at it closely to see what he can do. Because as things stand, uh, quoting what Mr Noel Feeney, ACA, Agricultural Consultants Association president, said in the paper this week, he said, we are all under pressure because of the deadline. And he unfortunately says, we aren't going to get all our clients in. So certainly the minister is aware and we can only hope he'll do his very best to extend the deadline. That's exactly it. uh, Hopefully... If the application rate doesn't increase, uh, it is the government's flagship agriculture and environmental scheme. And I think that they will not want to see a situation where there is possibly only 20,000 out of 30,000 applications done. So I think that they will monitor it very closely over the next week to 10 days. So that's all we can do for the moment. In the journal, full page there, written by your good self, Darren Carty, Farm Schemes and Finance section. It refers there to the application deadline for the very important 2023 fodder support scheme. You might just remind our listeners about the deadline there and one or two of the good aspects of this fodder support scheme which people should really make themselves familiar with because a number of inspections have failed some applicants. So just a reference to that, where we are with that and the deadline for the fodder support scheme 2023. Yes, so the, the deadline is the 5th of December, so a relatively tight window as well. Uh, there is a small bit of confusion um, among our readers, and I, I, I imagine, say, your listeners as well, that they'll be wondering about why is there a scheme opening for 2023 when we haven't got paid 2022 yet? Uh, what Minister McConlogue has said is that he wants to get money out as early as possible before fertiliser is purchased. So essentially what is happening is Farmers in the scheme this year will get this year's payment at the end of November or start of December, but they'll get half of next year's payment before the action is done. Now, that's, for, for some farmers, it'll be 500 For some farmers, that might be 400 It'll be roughly around 50% of their payment rate for last year. The average payment rate under, say, the current scheme was 735 euros. So if you took that, there'll be an average of 370 going out. Now, farmers will have to declare what area they're going to cut for hay and silage next May, June and July. So they don't need to worry about that at the moment. For the moment, all the farmers need to do is make sure they get their application in and uh, everything else will follow after that. If it is a thing that they it's oversubscribed and there wasn't enough funding put forward, there will be a linear cut. But my advice to farmers will be, it's important to get your application in. It's very easy at a later date if you wanted to remove yourself or reduce down the, the number of hectares that you put in to do that. But that if you're not in at the moment, you won't have that opportunity. Could we do a brief recap, Darren, on the current situation with the acre scheme, the number of applications, etc.? So there's 30,000 places available. As of earlier this week, there was 4,000 applications fully completed and submitted another 11,000 in progress. So that left 15,000 that need to be started and finished, along with 11,000 that are there to be finished in just over two and a half weeks. So a tight timeline. I know advisors are doing all they can at the moment 
and there is a lot of pressure and hopefully uh, the department will be able to work with them and get as many farmers in as possible. We await the Minister's next move. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Darren, very much indeed. Thanks a million. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, on 2nd of November 2022, received a progress report from the chair of the Food Vision Beef and Sheep Group, Professor Thea Hennessy. The Minister thanked the chair and the group for their work thus far. In establishing the group in June, Minister McConnellug said he wanted the group to plot a future for the sector over the next decade. Central to this, we'll be assessing how we can meet all elements of sustainability, environmental, societal and economic. Minister McConnell said an important first step for the group was to develop a plan to help reduce the greenhouse gas emissions associated with the beef sector. Minister McConnell said Ireland was a world leader in the production of safe, sustainable and tradable beef. We want to build on these foundations, he said, to become even more sustainable over the coming years. We need, he said, to act with a sense of urgency, both to meet our legal commitments and to safeguard Ireland's well-deserved reputation as a sustainable producer of quality beef. Minister of State of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, on 1st of November 2022, received a study from Coford on the economic activity and employment levels in the Irish forest sector. The study has been funded by the Minister's Department and authored by Henry Phillips and Forestry Services Limited. The study, entitled Economic Activity and Employment Levels in the Irish Forest Sector, finds the combined estimate for direct and indirect employment levels is 3,500 for the forestry and harvesting sector, and 5,900 people for the manufacturing of wood and wood product sector. These levels show a significant contribution to employment from forestry, mostly in rural areas. The economic contribution to the economy was estimated to be at over €2 billion per annum. Welcoming the publication, which was facilitated by members of the covert socio-economic working group, Minister Hackett said... Forestry provides a range of benefits for this country, including social, environmental and economic. This study, she said, clearly demonstrates the important contribution which our forests make in providing employment throughout rural Ireland. Taoiseach Michal Martin, TD, Minister of State with Responsibility for Forestry, Senator Pepper Hackett and Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, on 3rd of November announced a proposed investment by the government of €1.3 billion in Irish forestry. The funding will be for the next national forestry programme. It represents the largest ever investment by an Irish government in tree planting. The programme will now be the subject of state aid approval by the European Commission. And that's the Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, news editor, 96.3 FM News, and Murray Tuig, 96.3 FM News reporter, for contributing to the programme again this week. In particular to Murray Tuig for creating our Farm Talk podcasts. A very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.